No thanks, I'm just looking. Anybody ever heard that phrase? Anybody use that phrase? You know, I was a merchandise clerk in college for something we called Lazarus Department Store. Anybody remember Lazarus? And that was a class in itself. I learned right then that I didn't want to do retail. <laughs> and I was this merchandise clerk uh, as just a college job. And I would go in and they'd say, now move the shirts over here. And then the next day, move the shirts over here. And then the next day, move them over here. And I learned right there, these people are kind of schizophrenic. They don't know what they want. But I would hear folks, and I picked up things. And the salespeople would go, may I help you? No thanks. I'm just looking. And I bet you, if you work in sales, especially if you work commission, there's probably no more disheartening words than to hear no thanks. I'm just looking. And what it means is, go away, I don't intend to buy anything. And sometimes we just go, just looking, don't we? And maybe it's because we're just going to check out what's out there, what's the latest and greatest. Maybe we're kind of bored, or maybe we're just tagging along with my spouse, or maybe we're going to go out there and see what the price is and then try to come home and beat it on Amazon or eBay or whatever. But sometimes we go about life just looking, and we cruise the malls, one shop to the other. We walk through the showroom floor, seeing what's out there. We check out the new fancy electronics. We try a few diamonds on and look at a few items here and there. Or maybe we just kind of wander through the Costco's and the Sam's Club sampling all the new food kind of things out there, having our lunch. And many people in life, as I reflect upon this, through the years in my life and ministry, are just folks that are just kind of looking. Looking around. Never really willing to invest, maybe because of the risk or the time it takes, or maybe the unknown, or maybe there are just too many cares going on in life, and they just don't commit. And there's lots of people that are just going about life looking, drifting without ever. They move in and out of communities without ever casting a vote. And I got to tell you, folks, they come in and out of church without ever making a commitment, every opening their hearts to the Lord. Today, we're in this new sermon series that we're calling All In. And we're talking about our commitment to God through the church. And we want to challenge each and every one of you to be loyal, wholly loyal, to Jesus. And, you know, when we unite with faith community, we take a vow. We profess our faith, affirm that we believe in God, that we have accepted Jesus, that we affirm both the scriptures that's contained in the Old and the New Testament, and then we ask people to support the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And these are five core essentials of a life of a disciple. To support the church through these kinds of things, through prayer, through our presence, our worship to the Lord, through our giving, being generous, just as God is generous to us in his grace by sending Jesus to die for us 
to be a witness and to be in service to the Lord. These are five what I would call healthy habits of what it really means to live out our faith as Christian disciples. And today we're going to look at that first one, our prayers, our prayers. And throughout this series, we're going to look at the book of Philippians. Philippians really kind of get a glimpse of what it was like in the early church. Uh, today, I want us to specifically look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. And you're going to notice throughout this series, the character of a devoted Christian is going to be on display here for us in this epistle. And it's really going to challenge us to look at how these early people, these great disciples, were living out their faith and being in connection with God. And you know, ultimately, that's what this series is really all about. Uh, to challenge one another to recommit ourselves to these vows that we pledge ourselves in the beginning to do. And especially in this era in which we find ourselves, uh, it really is necessary that all of us are in constant contact with God. And that's what prayer is all about, being in devotion to our Lord. Now, those in Paul's time, there were days just kind of like they are in our day, all kinds of challenges, all kinds of issues. There was societal pressure. There was cultural tension. There was persecution. The Judaizers so much diametrically opposed to those who adhered to the faith and followed the Lord. There was discord even in the church. Disunity, not so much about doctrinal disunity, but just amongst the people. And writing here to the Philippians in chapter 4, he's urging the disciples here to not hide in strife, but rather to stand firm in their faith. And he paints this incredible picture here, this contrast between a world of worry and a life of faith. A just-looking kind of person will be unsettled, is what he seems to be saying here, but an all-in believer will be ready and steady. And he says to guard your hearts and minds with the peace of God, and you will have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it seems like that most really don't enjoy life these days. They just kind of endure it. They just kind of walk through the motions. And, you know, a lot of people just want to go and look around and not really be connected. Maybe you remember the guy back, I think it was in the 80s, who decided he wanted a new perspective and he wanted to kind of look around and one morning he went down to the local army surplus store and he bought 45 helium balloons, these weather balloons. And he and these buddies got together that afternoon and they filled these balloons with helium and they attached them to a lawn chair. Uh, these engineering types, they came up with some type of fancy contraption and when they got done, uh, and according to Snopes, they say this is true. The guy hopped in, strapped in, he took a six-pack of beer, he took a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and a BB gun, of all things. And he thought when he got up there and he was ready to come down, he'd just start popping those balloons one at a time. And he thought in his uh, imagination that he was going up to about 100 feet. But you know what? When they released that thing, it went to 11,000 feet. And it went right into the traffic pattern of the L.A. airport and stopped traffic for about two hours. They couldn't figure out how to get the guy down. The helicopters would come in and the wash from the helicopter would kind of erratically move the guy around. 
and somehow, some way, they finally dangled a cable or some rope or something, and they got him down, and of course, he was cited by the police, and then, you know, the old reporters rush in, and they had three questions, and they said, were you scared? He said, yes. He said, would you do it again? He said, no. And they said, why did you do it? Because you can't just sit there. I wanted to look around. Lots of folks today want to look around. And their lives are filled with stress and strain and little stillness. And you know, today life can dish out a lot of negative stuff into our life. And Paul gives us two simple and really profound statements here of how to manage life as disciples. And you know what he says? He says, stop worrying and start praying. Stop your worrying and start praying. Get connected to God. And for peace of mind today, what you need to do is resign as general manager of the universe. I mean, in verse 6 here, do not be anxious about anything, or as the amplified version of the Bible says, do not fret or have any anxiety. And I want to dwell on this for a moment here because many spend their entire life fretting instead of praying. And I tell you, worry is a killjoy, and I am confessing today that I probably lead the pack when it comes to this. It's a constant battle for all of us today to relax and let God take charge of our lives. We stand today in a way in which we are so overcome by so many things that really stop us and create problems and anxiety in our life. The Smithsonian Magazine calls this the age of anxiety. And there are, of course, all those macro fears out there, those all common kinds of fears that we all share and have. But then there's the micro frets that we have, the personal things that enter into our life that attach to the hull of our ship that just have a way of weighing us down and taking us, our eyes off of the Lord and in a new direction. And worry is assuming responsibility that God never intended for you to have. It's playing God. It's trying to control the uncontrollable in your life. Now, as you know, studies throughout the years, time and time again, have discovered that about 40% of the things we worry about never happen. And they found out, by and large, that 30% of the concerns that we have are things in the past, things that have already happened that we're still worried about. About 12% are needless concerns about your health. About 10% of the things are really insignificant when it boils down, and only about 5 or 8% of the things we worry about have any legitimacy whatsoever. Worry, in other words, is worthless. And it can't change the past, and it certainly can't control the future, and it only messes up you right now, and it's incredible at how it wastes our time and energy. It's stewing without doing. And probably this is the hardest command, I tell you, for a lot of people to obey. And when Paul wrote Philippians, after all, he was waiting to be executed by Nero. You talk about difficulties in the dungeon. This guy was having daily struggles and challenges as well as those people. They tell us now we are engaging a culture like those early disciples engaged, where everyone was doing 
what they thought was right in their own eye in this postmodernistic, very pluralistic worldview that so many people have. And one of the reasons I felt God leading me to this text and to this book in this series is the daily grind that we all face and the real need that we need to be connected with God like never before. We all need to dive much deeper in growing in our life of prayer. Connecting with God on a daily basis is simply what the walk of faith is all about. And I want to ask you today, how near are you to God? James says to draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. And I ask you today, just how connected are you to the vine? Paul says we should be walking near to God, and prayer is the key to how we do it. And as disciples, we are to connect with God about everything. And Paul here in this text is saying, don't panic pray. And you know, I venture to say, if we stopped worrying, we'd have a lot more time to enjoy life. I mean, if those people who would say, I don't have time to pray, would spend their time praying instead of worrying, they'd have a whole lot less to worry about. In everything, he says here in this text. Now, some people think that God is only interested in you praying about religious matters, but not according here to Paul. The Bible says God is interested in every aspect of your life. This word petition here is specific. It's a detailed request. Give your detailed request to God. Most people pray too vague. We pray oftentimes in generalities, and we say, God, bless my life, but what's a blessing? Sometimes, folks, blessings are problems, aren't they? And we are not to pray these vague prayers, but very specific prayers. God, I'm under stress. God, I'm having a challenge here. God, I need healing in this aspect of my life. God, I'm nervous. Be specific about things. We're talking about daily challenges. We're talking about hopes and dreams. We're talking about desires of growing. We're talking about our families. We're talking about real needs in our life. The Phillips translation of the Bible says that when you pray, tell God every detail of your need. And if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to go to God in prayer about. Prayer is a tremendous relief valve. And I'll tell you about this. One life insurance company did some research, and they learned that people who attend church once a week live on average 5.7 years longer, according to that study. And I'd like to think it's because we are people who don't worry, but we pray. And the God who made every thumbprint in the world different the God who made every snowflake in the world different. The God who made every voice print in the world different is big enough to handle the details, don't you think, of your life. God is a God of details. If you don't think that, just look around and look at this incredible creation in our universe. God can handle anything that we bring to him. The Bible says you can throw the whole weight of your anxiety upon him for you are of his personal concern. And the insight here is there's no problem that's too big that God's power can't handle, nothing too small that God can't address. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And you know that occurs about 20 times in the Bible. I was thinking about this one time. 
when I was praying and I started getting troubled because I felt like all my prayers was asking God for things. That I was always mainly in my prayer extending petitions to God. And so I started studying this and thinking about this and I opened the Bible up and I looked again at what the Lord said about how to pray and I looked at what other people were saying and what other people were doing and I found out here is the only prayer in the Bible that is not commended was a prayer that had no petitions in it. And I'm talking about the story there in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, the story of the Pharisee and the publican. It's the prayer in which the Pharisee thanked God that he was not like other men and went on to remind God of what a five-star person was really like. And it didn't have a petition in it. Folks, I want to tell you today, prayer can change your life. Prayer is really the secret to living a Christian life. And I wonder today, are you praying? That's our commitment to the Lord today. And it's who we are as a people of faith community. That we're constantly in connection with God. I tell you, prayer can change things just like it changed Marlon Bailey's life. And I want you to watch this video of how prayer impacted Marlon's life. A person right in this church. Hello, I'm Marlon Bailey. I've been a member here at Faith since 2014, and I really love our church. Today, I'm going to share a little bit about my journey with Jesus and how I've gotten better sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit in our God. About a year ago, I became aware that I wasn't very competent at hearing God and obeying. About that same time, I became less afraid of acting as a disciple of Jesus outside of our church environment. When I'm out in the community engaged with people, I show the love that abides in me. And sometimes I hear a voice. No, I'm not hearing voices. I think it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit tells me certain things to do and I obey. Recently, my hairdresser had a family situation that we prayed about multiple times as I went there to get my hair cut. Yes, folks, I do get my hair cut. What came out of that is the situation got much better and we both felt it was the presence of God. And then second, I'm far more comfortable being the hands and feet of God in the world. We had a situation where we were raking leaves for people who probably wouldn't be able to do it quite as well as they used to. So when we finished that task, we went up to the door and I asked if we could pray. And as we were praying, the lady was moved to tears. Another warm and beautiful moment. So what I ask this week, my dear friends, is as you are out doing your busy life, please listen for the presence of God, that voice of the Holy Spirit. And if you do hear it, You know, the testimony of the Bible and the church through the centuries is that every disciple needs to pray. And this week, I would love for everyone to go to the app again because we have daily challenges there. In fact, we have five daily challenges you're going to find on the app. Now, don't worry. 
If you don't have a smartphone, if you haven't downloaded the app and that's not your thing, we've got hard copies available out in the lobby today. But if you're in a rut when it comes to your prayer life, if you want to really develop a, a, a prayer life, we've got some challenges here that can help you do that. And I would commend that to you today. You know, let's not be just a looking kind of person, but let's be an all-in believer. You know, there are really two blessed monologues out there, or monosyllables, should I say, and that is pray and stay. And I hope you'll do that today. Shall we pray? Almighty God, oh, how we need you in this day in which so many people don't want to commit. They don't want to take the time. Maybe there's too many worries. Maybe there's issues that are calling their attention in a different direction. But oh, may we today be so mindful of our connection with you. May we, oh Lord, today be those who are prayer warriors. We ask for your spirit to work in our hearts and minds to really help us to be those devoted followers that you've called us to be. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.